Kevin, as you remarked a couple of times, it really is noticeable, isn't it, how good this team is when it gets good starting pitching. Uh, when it gets six innings of starting pitching even, it's amazing how good this team is. Uh, the Blue Jays, 4 nothing winners over the Pittsburgh Pirates. The numbers to call, 416-870-0590, star 591 Order restored after that four-game series at Fenway Park, a five-game losing streak, including that loss to Seattle on Sunday. And Kevin, John Schneider talked to us on our show this afternoon <clears throat> about there's so much went wrong in that Boston series. It was we ran the numbers historically. It's one of the worst, one of the worst series a team has had. You can't put it any other way in terms of offensive, in terms of offensive numbers against, against the team. But I think from talking to John Schneider in particular, you know, the one thing he knew he could correct was some of the base running. Uh, some of the freedom that his team gave the Red Sox in terms of base running. Now, I don't know necessarily what happened tonight and how much of that was the Blue Jays, how much of that was the Pirates, but, Kevin, the Pirates certainly aided the Blue Jays' cause tonight on the base pass, and conversely, the Jays helped themselves as well. Yeah, no question. Uh, look, you, I can say it. The, that was dumb base running by the Pirates. <laughs> Early in the game, the first inning, you get thrown out at third base with nobody out. That's not smart. Uh, what was it in the second inning? Jansen with the one-two one, one two count to end the inning to Bassett at home plate. It's not very smart, right? The ball didn't no. go far enough away from the catcher. It's not good base running. Then you see it again in the fourth inning. Santana, two-two count. He's not running on that pitch. The ball's right in front of you. Like, that's not good base running. You make you wonder how they're in first place, and then you look at the division, and you sort of understand why and the, and the schedule that they face. Sort of, I think that's sort of showing up. But it is amazing, Jeff, that when really good teams have really good starting pitching, play great defense, and get timely hits, most of the time they win those games. And this is exactly what happened. And, John, you could tell today on our show when we asked him questions about that series in Boston, he was a little embarrassed, right? A, a playoff team the way the Blue Jays is supposed to be is not supposed to look like that. I get it. It's early. Standings don't matter. But it is about how you play, right? If you get beat by a team, that's okay. If you beat yourself for four games in a row, that's another thing. And I think they're trying to clean that up. That's not acceptable. You heard that on the show today on Blue Jays Central that they had said the conversation before the game was you got to clean this thing up. Catch the balls you're supposed to catch. Be smart. Think it through before it actually happens. If you do that, we get some really good starting pitching. We're going to win most games, and that's sort of what happened today. Give it to Chris Bassett. He went out there. He got it done, and that's exactly what they needed. You go seven. You line it up with their two best arms in the pen. Most of the time, if not all the time, you're going to win those games. Yeah, and uh, also, you know, in addition, we talked about uh, the Jays and the base pass, Whit Merrifield with three steals. Oof. But uh, he's a weapon. You know, well, yeah, he is. He he's two hit. Whit is back. I mean, he's been back How for a while that? now. He's been back for a while now. But uh, yeah, all his wrote his name large all over this game tonight. George Springer, Kevin, his first home run since April 14th uh, on a hanging curve. And I think part of the credit there has to go to Santiago Espinal, who was on first base after a walk. Uh, Rich Hill kind of, I mean, I guess he's trying to slide step. Uh, whatever, it was apparent, I think, that Espinal had his attention. And I, I guess that might have had some impact on on the curve as I mentioned it was a a hung pitch and Springer hit it out 
uh, which, you know, we, we, we talked about the positive signs in that Boston series. There are really only two, Varsho hitting, Vladdy hitting, and kind of the one guy we spent the last week or so talking about is George Springer. Now, one home run doesn't necessarily mean that, that uh, things are turning around for him, but that is, that's really what he needed, isn't it? He, he needed to see one of those balls that he hit get out of the park. Maybe you could say that about anybody in their lineup. He's the one guy that needed to have good swings. We have been hearing, we heard that from John Snyder, that he's been working his tail off trying to fix it, right? It's They're throwing him a bunch of breaking balls early in counts. They're throwing him a bunch of fastballs late in counts. Uh, he's got a little front side pull. You can see that. It's in and out of the strike zone. He's trying to pull everything. Now, he is mainly a pull hitter. He'll go right center to left field line. You know, when his barrel is staying in the big part of the field because he has tons of talent and can do things that a lot of people can't do, a lot of good things are going to happen. And it just, I just like the the fact that he's getting the hitting coach, he's getting the manager, they're going in a cage, they're doing exactly what they need to do to try and fix things. Even veteran guys occasionally, we heard this from Chipper Jones, occasionally you're going to need 24 to 32 hours. Just go in there, take your shirt off. Start getting the foot down, getting it singing. If you have to have the manager in there, the hitting coach, if you got seven of them, go in a batting cage and figure it out. And it just seems like he, he was in a little bit more of a happier place today. You could tell that. Even the balls that he thought he should have hit, you know, the line drive that he that he lined out, I think it was to left field. He seemed to not like that because he has been occasionally mm-hmm. hitting some balls hard. But, again, I just like the fact that he's went in. He's realized that he needs to correct it. He's doing everything he can to correct it. They're going to need him. They're going to need him to go up and be the catalyst to get things started, and then it's sort of a trickle-down effect. They need that eighth-inning guy to walk up to the plate, have a quality at bat, and do something special to help this team go as far as they think they can go. And uh, the bullpen, very easy night for the bullpen tonight. Eric Swanson Mm -hmm. and Jordan Romano, uh, low-pressure situations for both of them. Jordan Romano, three up, three down, nine pitches in the ninth inning, a non-save situation. Notable only because his numbers in non-save situations have not been good. Uh, he hit 97 tonight. Uh, had a couple of fastballs came in at 94 and 95. Uh, you know, we've we've talked about, uh, and Ben Wagner alluded to this, the issues that Jordan Romano and, for whatever reason, uh, a lot of closers seem to have when they're not pitching in a in a save situation, whether it's adrenaline, whatever. Mm-hmm. Point the point being though that uh, nine pitches. In an inning, that's that's pretty good for Jordan Romano, and and it really it does line things up nicely. Now, I mean, as nice as you can have them lined up, I should say, with Barrios and Kikuchi do up next. Let's be honest, you could manage that tonight, right? The starter goes seven innings. You, you throw your your best two. I mean, guys. I don't even know. Like, I, did they have any? They have any? That. Did they have anybody up other than Swanson and and Romano no. tonight? Did they I don't need think it? they did. They did. did Chris Bassett had, it, Bassett had it under control. I will say this with Jordan Romano. I'd love to see the consistent 97. 2-3-4 to the Red Sox with 94 is not going to play. It plays no. against the, the Pittsburgh Pirates, <clears throat> and you can get away with that occasionally touching 97. But for but me, again. against the elite offenses, you need to see the not consistent 97. And I'll say this. He hadn't pitched since Monday. He should be raring and ready to go when he, when he runs out of the gate. So, I don't know if that's a worry as much as you just scratch your head on why you're not consistently seeing that. Yeah, I, I, and I really do think there's something to the whole non-safe situation. I've I've seen it in other guys. Whatever yeah. the reason is, well, his um, numbers will his numbers will say you're right, Jeff. Yeah, there is a there's yeah. definitely a trend there. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety four nothing. The Blue Jays beating the Pittsburgh Pirates, the first of three games. 
a really nice and sizable contingent of Blue Jays fans making the trip down to Pittsburgh to see this game. And uh, let's go to Andrew from Whitby. Go ahead, Andrew. Jeff, Kevin, Jeff, Kevin how are you guys? Thanks for taking my call. No uh, problem. So after watching uh, Gosman's start yesterday, you know, obviously it's super nice to have Bassett ready the ship and everything, steady the ship, sorry. Um, you know, seeing Gosman get rocked yesterday, I've only really, you know, I've kept up with Gosman a good amount of his career. I love the way he pitches and attacks hitters. And I thought it was a little uncharacteristic. So I dug into some of the baseball savant stats about his starts yesterday and against Houston. And these two teams in Boston and Houston lit them up like we really haven't seen. Uh, you know, for teams that have a history of, you know, of cheating a little bit, I don't want to be cry foul every nah. time we lose, but... I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Are they just really good approaches, and that's why they're laying off the splitter? Or no. do you think there's something more to it? I mean, I'll answer this, and I'll pass it over to Kevin. I think it was – I don't know if it was Minnesota. It was somebody who did the same thing to Kevin Gossman last year. And everybody talked about pitch tipping, and the Jays did a deep dive onto it, and they may have caught a little something. But, I mean, Kevin talked about this on Blair and Barker today. It's no mystery when Kevin Gossman gets lit up. I mean, it's no. it's the same it's the same mo, um, and I don't think it's anything to do with teams cheating or anything like that. I you know I think it's very simple. If it's low, let it go. If it's high, let it fly. And uh, yeah, good lineups, good hitters. Uh, and the one thing we know about the Red Sox, and I'm going to add this as well: the Red Sox have done this to a lot of pitchers. Uh, I do believe there was a stat out there that they'd driven more starting pitchers out of the game before the fifth inning than any other team in baseball. It was like something like six or seven going into yesterday. So that, that that's their MO. That's what they do. They jump in starting pitching, and if the starting pitcher isn't on, they bludgeon them and get them out of the game. So, I mean, I'll turn that over to you, Kevin. But I, I if anything, I took comfort from the fact that it looked like every other Kevin Gossman implosion we've seen. Yeah, I think so, and and also he's he said too that he needs the the fastball command just like every other pitcher when he has that two quadrants of the strike zone. He's not in all quadrants. He's not going to go up and away, up and in, down and away, down and in, you know, away in. He's not going to do that. He's he's a guy that needs the velocity away and occasionally in, and sometimes surprise it down just because of what you said, right? See it down, let it go, those kind of things. So yeah, I think it's about fastball command. And for me, for whatever reason, yesterday again we've seen this and some of these starts his velocity's down a tick and we occasionally see the 95s but i think you're two pitch guy i know if i was facing him and it was 91 92 i let it travel a little bit more jeff and when i let it travel that gives me a better chance i'm not going to say i'm going to have a great chance but it gives me a better chance to see the split finger and let it go so yeah, I think the Red Sox had a little something to do with that. Their lineup's pretty good. They're relentless, right? They they force him on the plate no matter what the count is. They have a solid two-strike approach, which is sort of what you need against him because of the split finger. But for me, it comes down to one thing. He has the fastball command. He's got decent velocity to it. With Because of that reason, he most of the time will have a really good start. When he does it, it'll look like the Astros start and the Red Sox start. Kevin, how would you approach Rich Hill? With the uh, the stuff he was throwing, the slow, slow, slow stuff he was throwing. Same Scoot with, uh, closer to same him and try to pull Bassett. everything. 
scoot closer to him and try to pull everything. I yet to understand how it would be possible to let him let the ball travel against him and hit the ball the other way. I ain't nobody good enough mechanically to consistently do that. It's impossible. Scoot a little bit closer to him. Do it in your first at bat where the catcher doesn't go, oh, look, I see what you're doing, and then they start crowding you, moving your feet, those kind of things. Do it with a little bit of surprise and try and pull everything. That's because, I mean, you're seeing 63-mile-an-hour breaking balls. You see a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. I mean, that's 27-mile-an-hour difference. Uh, how do you how do you let that travel and hit it the other way you don't? So I think you one-side him, whether you're left-handed or right-handed. I sort of take the Varsho approach, right? You see a breaking ball. You have the little nice turn. You almost go to a knee. You pull that double. You get that big hit. I think that has to be the approach against him all the time. I don't care if the ball's way in, up, down. Don't try and overthink it. Don't try and let the ball travel and go the other way. Scoot a little closer to him. Do it with an element of surprise. Try and pull it. Take your chances that way. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. Blue Jays beating the Pittsburgh Pirates the first of three games tonight. Billy and Markham. What's up, Billy? Haven't heard from you Billy. for a while. Hey, guys. Yeah, I was hoping to go down to this series. I, I really love that. I really love going to Pittsburgh. It's such it's a the best. Ground. It's yeah, the I, best. Beautiful. And they got that outlet. I don't know, uh, Jeff and Ken, if you know that outlet mall that, uh, well, when I'm with my wife there, I just drop her there and uh, go watch three games. <laughs> Still not, still not halfway through that damn mall. But but anyway, uh, anyways, guys, listen, a couple couple of things. Well, it's good to right the ship. I, I wasn't worried about that Red Sox series at, at all, and I'll tell you why. You know, it's a long season, and sometimes teams come in, and I'm, I'm not saying the Blue Jays didn't go in there fired up and wanting to beat them, but I think it was the other way around. I mean, let's remember the beatdown that we laid on them last year. I think we beat them by 10 runs every game, and let's not forget that game. Where we scored, we scored thirty on them, and it looked like we were, and looked like Jansen was trying to hit a home run to break the all-time record. I think that pissed the Red Sox off, and I think they were ready for us this time around. I, I mean, that's simple. We'll get them back. I, I'm not worried about them. And this Pittsburgh team, my lord, my lord, enjoy first place while you can, Pittsburgh. How is this team even close? Look at look, looking at that lineup. Uh, but, NL uh, Central, man. NL Central. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I think I told you earlier. I got. I got Milwaukee to win, uh, you know, uh, just a, a futures bet. Uh, but I mean, my God, that division is just—it's just god awful. But guys, one one thing I want to—I I, want to just mention because you guys just brought it up, and Kevin, you know this, but we had two guys in here that had had great changeups, and they were uh, Marco Estrada, and they were the guy that we um, we traded to San or he signed with San Francisco. Two things: stripling, uh, stripling, yeah, stripling. And they changed both these guys. Uh, I think Pete Walker changed both their winds up, and they hid the ball more uh, when they were throwing. And this is the reason why. When you throw a fastball or a slider, you have two fingers over the ball. When you throw a changeup or a splitter, you got fingers sticking up. And, and I'm telling you guys, I've told this story before, but when I go down to the game, I, I've caught, um, I've caught uh, him pitch two, ga- two games, and I usually sit right behind the dish. And I'll tell you, I can pick up his splitter. I can almost tell you when Gosman's throwing his splitter because I'm just watching the ball out of his hand and I see his fingers sticking up. And, and I think the weak teams don't pick that up, but the better hitting teams pick that up. They lay off that splitter and they sit fastball. And I think that's why he's been rocked. I'd like to see him hide that. I don't know how he can do it. Maybe have his glove on the ball a little bit longer. But I'll tell you something, guys. I'm not joking when, you, when I tell you this. I, I could call it almost every time when he was throwing it. So uh, I hope he fixes that. But, um, 
don't worry. Uh, nothing to worry about. The Red Sox, this is going to happen. Four games. They kicked the crap out of us. We'll remember it, and uh, we'll get them back next time. Thanks, Billy. I appreciate the call. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know about the being able to identify the pitch, Kevin. I mean, he's had success against good teams as well. I mean, it's not like he's just beaten up on bad teams. Um, I, I, I don't know. Look, every it, it's possible teams have different tells on on him. It is possible. I know last year, uh, we know Kevin last year that one team, one or two teams, they looked at how Danny Jansen was setting up against against Kevin Gossman. They used that as a tell. It wasn't necessarily what Gossman was doing. It was what Danny Jansen was doing, and they've corrected that this year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I just – I think it's just a lot more – really good hitters can identify they, – they can just identify the pitch. I don't even know if they need to look at his hands. I think they can identify the pitch. And the other thing with Kevin Gossman is when it is non-competitive, it is non-competitive, right? Like, he does – he can grind stuff – he can grind through stuff, Kevin, but – um there's some pretty early signs in him when he's just not on. Sure. Uh, well, look, that's an interesting thought by Billy. I, I guess I can ask around and, and see if that's a theory. I, again, I get back to that velocity on the fastball, the location of the fastball. He, he's not a nibbler. He's not going to go, you know, on the black both sides of the plate. He's an inner third, outer third guy. He attacks it with some velocity, and with two strikes, he'll elevate it on occasion. And like he said out loud, that he needs to throw the fastball down to get them swinging happy on the split finger because that's where he wants to start it. I just think it's one of them nights, right? You ran into a, a team that was better than you were. Like, as a, for, for that night, those four games, the Red Sox lineup was better than every pitcher the Blue Jays threw out there. That's just the way it is. It's just one of those things where you hopefully it doesn't – you don't make it a habit. You go the next day, you work on your fastball command. That gets a little bit better. The split finger will be better. You'll get the swing and misses that you need to get. You'll go deeper in a game and give your team a chance to win. So not too worried about that, but gives you something to think about and it gives you something to work on between starts for sure. George Springer had his first home run in three weeks tonight, and this was what the manager, John Schneider, had to say after the game about George Springer. I mean, presence at the top of the order, um, kind of an infectious personality, I think, when he's, when he's going good. And uh, guys feed off of that. He's been one of the best leadoff hitters in the game for a really long time. And um, I think his at-bats kind of carried over, you know, the last two last night um, into today. So um, huge hit for him. And, um, you know, hopefully he's turning the corner. But I thought he looked really good today. Hey, Kevin, in addition to the home run, did you see anything – that made you think that George Springer has maybe, I'm not going to say righted the ship, but has got things pointed in the right direction, I guess, right now. I think Joe Siddle said in his last about he had a line drive uh, base hit to, to right field in Boston. Maybe that has a little something to do with it, right? Seeing the ball a little bit better, mm-hmm. your lower half's a little bit better. I do think he hasn't had good separation between his lower half and his hands. You see his hands leaking with his lower half. That's why you see a bunch of foul balls. You see that lazy little pop fly to right field. He'll be out and around the breaking ball, and he'll hit that to either third base or shortstop. That will tell you that his hands are falling his lower half. Today, yesterday, a little bit. I think those are a little bit you know, separated. He's in that athletic position a little bit better. That'll tell you, right? You notice that breaking ball 3-1. His foot was down on time, and you could see the little paw 
right before he made his positive move towards the baseball. That'll tell you that flow with his lower half, getting to the separation is a little bit better. Now because he has quick hands, he has good eyes directing his barrel to where they want it, where it wants to go, that he'll hit the ball harder and it'll go where he wants it to go, which is not in somebody's glove. So, yeah, I think that's what you do, right? You're going to have ups and downs because the people that you're facing, Jeff, I think we got to remember this too. He's facing really good pitchers who are right-handed. Like, they're, they're game planning against that dude to try and get him out because he's really good. The word is early in the season, throw him a bunch of breaking balls. Elevate a fastball with two strikes. See if he can catch up to it. So far, he hadn't been able to. Now, after yesterday and today, maybe they have to change things up a little bit. Maybe you'll start getting some more fastball cookies earlier in counts, which will give him some more confidence. So, I get back to that. They're going to need him. Sooner or later, he's going to have to get a big hit in the eighth inning for him. And hopefully, this is a turning point and he can start doing that. That really is the thing, isn't it, for, for George Springer? Uh, be good enough or get good enough that the other teams or that other teams, that opposing teams, have to change how they're going after you. That's everybody. That, that's, that's, that's everybody, but that's, that's really what, what he has to do right now. And Absolutely. then he has to react to it. He's had a real tough time hitting the breaking ball. You just took 3-1, backspinned it to left center field in a pretty far ballpark in left center in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that'll make you think now. Now you know you better, if you're throwing that breaking ball, you better snap that thing off. A lot of pitchers that try and snap that thing off, that's a ball you fall behind. Now you got to throw a fastball. He's a good fastball hitter, right? He can go right center. He can go left center, and occasionally he can get it a little bit more out front and pull that down the left field line. Absolutely. you got to make adjustments because they've adjusted to you. That's what real good big league hitters do, and George is exactly that. So, yeah, I'm with John. Right, he's he's uh he'll sort of tell you by his demeanor on how he's doing it to play. Occasionally, you'll see the the shoulders dropping and the you know the chin dragging a little bit. He's a human being. It's, it's cooler to see him happy because that means he's doing something special, and usually that means that he's helping the Blue Jays win a baseball game. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety triple eight triple six zero five ninety star five ninety on your cell phone. It is a winning edition of Blue Jays talk for nothing. The Blue Jays shutting out the Pittsburgh Pirates at PNC Park. Still got time for your calls. We'll step away for a minute. Come back with the Bet365 standings update. Go back to the phone lines. It's Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet 590, the fan. 1-0. Swing at a ground ball, pull to the left side. That's through. Into left field, a base hit. Bachette's being waved to the plate. Here's the throw by Reynolds on a couple of bounces. The play, it is not in time. An aggressive send around third base by Luis Rivera. Bichette cuts the bag, races to the plate, and he beats the dribbler in from left, and the Blue Jays have a 1-0 lead in Pittsburgh. RBI base hit for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. The Blue Jays would go on to win the game 4-0. The first of three games tonight at PNC Park. The... Jays will have a couple of days off. They'll have an off day on uh, Monday before they go in to face the Philadelphia Phillies for two games, then another off day, and then they return home. And, Kevin, we talked to to John Schneider a little bit about this. It's uh, Chris Bassett helped kind of straighten things up a little bit tonight. Let's see what Barrios and Kikuchi have to do or, or can do in the next couple of starts, and let's see... Let's see how the Jays elect to use those two off off days. If they elect to give guys a little extra rest, play a few games or some play 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 around with their rotation, or just 
stick with where it is. I got to think if they get decent performances out of Barrios and Kikuchi, to me, the only question becomes, do you need, do you want to play games with Alec Manoa based on what you're seeing from him right now or just let things go the way they are? I think a lot will be determined by what happens the next couple of days. Yeah, I remember, too, he took 112 off the knee. He took 112 off the knee, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'd be asking around, and it seems to be sore enough that they're, you know, it's a concern. So if you you want to give a guy a breather, give him a little extra day maybe – early in the season be the best time to do it. Again, we talked yeah. about this on, on Blair and Barker, our show. Today, August, September, and October, you're going to run them dudes in the ground because yeah. that's your best guys. They're not getting extra days then. You'd, if you're going to give them one, it'd be re- you'd rather do it now. So, yeah, if they need to, I'm sure they're going to do that. And it sure will help, Jeff, if, if George Springer, that lineup, can start getting it down, squishing the bug, scoring a bunch of runs. And then you might be able to take a little pressure off your, your pitching coach, your manager, your bench coach to you know maneuver some things around make it a little easier for your pitching staff time now for the major league standings watch presented by our friends at bet 365 with bet 365 you can watch thousands of live games you can build your own bet and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played 19 plus play responsibly ontario only two games in the books involving american league east teams of course the blue jays beating the Pittsburgh Pirates 4 nothing. The Tampa Bay Rays beat the New My York Rays. Yankees 5-4. Barker's Rays beat the New York Yankees <laughs> 5-4 tonight at the Trop. Of course, the Rays are just about the hottest thing going in sports right now. Yeah. Never mind, uh, never mind, never mind baseball. And uh, a couple of other games still ongoing. In the middle of the eighth inning, the Orioles are pummeling the Atlanta Braves 9-1. to Both Barker and myself are just shaking our head <clears throat> at that. And uh, guess what? The Red Sox, they're in Philadelphia. They're leading 5-3 over the Philadelphia Phillies. So, uh, again, the American League East teams, man, just... Uh, I mean, they just, just keeps rolling. And uh, with those games being played, keep that in mind. Tampa Bay is now 27 and 6. <laughs> Got a run differential of 0.115. They've won 4 in a row. Baltimore is 21 and 10. They're on their way to being 22 and 10. The Whoa. Red Sox are 19 and 14. We mentioned they're leading. The Jays are 20 and 14, so the Jays and Red Sox could be tied when this is done. And the New York Yankees are now 17 and 17. They're at 500. So again, every team in the AL East over 500. And uh, even though it's early, it's been this way for a while now. When are you going to stop saying it's early? When, when, what, like what when it stops being How early. many games do you have to play? No, when it stops being early. I'll decide when, when it stops being What's early. What's the well, definition whenever, of early? Whenever I decide. I think the Orioles having 22 wins. Is that what they have, 22 wins? Yeah. That's a lot. It's not They're, uh, for them. No. <laughs> like – that's Until, a lot. They're, I mean, in second, they're in second place in the American League East. I mean, I, I know crazy. that they're. I know that they're playing. You know, they've had a, a remarkably easy schedule, but um, Braves are pretty good. I mean, yeah, exactly. It, it's <laughs> I, I. I just don't think I, I'm. I'm in. I'm buying what the Orioles are selling. I really am. I. I think they're going. They're emerging very quickly as maybe the most interesting team in the American League because we talked about it. They've got 
a, they got a lot of things they can move if they want to make a big deal at the deadline. Like if they want to bring in that big arm that makes a difference at the deadline. They're really well positioned to do it. Some injury news. Uh, Carlos Rodon of the New York Yankees has been told that his back issue is chronic. That means it ain't ever going away. Ouch. Uh, he has been given a cortisone shot. He's optimistic that will, it will speed his recovery. But basically, he's going to be dealing with this for the rest of his career. So if you're the New York Yankees, good luck with that contract. You know, hopefully, look, he's, 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 he's a fun guy to watch when he's healthy. Hopefully, he, you know, hopefully he can give the, uh, give the Yankees some value. But that's certainly not, that's not a good sign when you're basically told that you have to, you have to deal with you have to deal with it. And the other injury news, and this is a really significant injury, the Houston Astros have announced that Luis Garcia will undergo Tommy John surgery, so he's done. And Garcia is an interesting case study, and probably shouldn't jump to conclusions here, Kevin, but nobody in baseball had to rework their windup. To the degree that Luis Garcia had to rework his windup this offseason, um, because of the pitch timer, because of the the new enforcement and the Bach uh, of the Bach call, I guess the greater attention to the Bach call is the way you'd put it. He and Kevin Gossamer were kind of the two poster boys for that issue, and um, it will be interesting to see as this develops that we. Dusty Baker, the Astros manager, has already said he wonders about the World Baseball Classic having an impact on these injuries. We had Travis Sochik on from the score. He's done a lot of writing in this. You know, a lot of people are going to be looking at the pitch timer. Right now, it's kind of anecdotal. You know, guys can throw their arms. I mean, hell, guys were throwing their arms out without the pitch timer. But if you start to see a run of these types of injuries, it's, um, you know, that's probably the flip side to the whole issue with some of the rules changes baseball you know baseball was making and you know you can do it in the minors and get away with it it's a little different in the majors where you've got guys who are really conditioned to doing things a certain way i mean they're all creatures of habit at this at this level so anyhow it will be uh i'm sure that's a storyline that uh that people will be following but man that's a that's a tough blow for the houston astros and if your team's like the texas rangers and the seattle mariners right now you are it it I mean, with Jose Altuve still out for a while, that that division looks open. That division what, really looks open right now. Well, now, you, well, now you know why it's hard to repeat, right? You you, you have to have a lot of things oh, yeah. go right. You have to have a lot of things go right. A lot of people have to stay healthy. Your best players have to be your best players back to back years. It's a lot to ask. Yeah, it's you know, what what happens, Jeff, whenever you do something new for the first time. Other parts of your body have to make up for things that you it's not used to doing, and it gets sore. It hurts. I'm sure that's just what sort of happens, right? That's his trigger. All that stuff that goes on before he releases the baseball. Yeah, rock by baby stuff or there whatever. It the hell yeah. It was. It's a lot, right? That's his, that's his trigger. That's his momentum. That's how he throws the baseball consistently as hard and has it break and the tunneling and the finish and all those things. And when you can't do it, you got to overcompensate somewhere else. And then I think that's probably what happened to him, right? Is he got hurt that way. Yeah. It's a big blow for the, for the Astros. They have a lot of talent. You know, they're going to get Altuve back sooner than later. He's going to help. But, yeah, this, again, is if you're those teams in, in their division, hey, it's not your fault that they're hurt. You take advantage of it. Now you start winning baseball games, and you you make your presence known. That's that's sort of how you do it when the, one of the best teams in baseball starts having injuries the way the Astros have. 
The uh, Jays also have injury an injury concern of their own. Zach Pop was placed on the IL today. Jay Jackson was called up and was with the team. You probably saw, saw a shot of him in the dugout if you're watching the game on TV. And uh, there is no further update on Ricky Tiedem in the Jays' top pitching prospect. He did see a doctor in New Hampshire. It is right, or I'm sorry, left bicep soreness right now. Uh, he is going to have a follow-up exam. Don't know where that will be, whether it will be in Phil- uh, sorry, in Florida or uh, in, in, in Boston. Uh, Boston's a pretty significant center for arthroscopic work, but um, no indication yet as to where that will be, although it, apparently the, ex- the follow-up exam will be either Saturday or Sunday. So we'll await that. In the meantime, the Jays took care of business today after that tough series in Boston, ending a five-game losing streak. Four nothing, beating the Pittsburgh Pirates the first of three games. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is now in theaters. And to celebrate Crown, Canada's number one rust protection, is offering a special spring promotion inspired by the movie. Visit crown.com for details and see Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 now in theaters. And good night from Toronto. Thank you.